Hi, and welcome to this Property Life podcast. My name is Caroline Clayton. I'm a property investor and mentor, trainer, and coach. This week, we are speaking with my other half, Nick Clayton, who has been a property mentor for a number of years, well over a decade, all up and down the country, and coaches his students to reach their predetermined goals. We are going to discuss the difference between a coach and a mentor this week, as well as hear some of the stories and situations that occur on mentorship and what you should expect from that experience yourself. I hope you enjoy the content this week. Right, let's kick off by explaining the difference between a, a, a mentor and a coach. And if there is any difference, what does that mean for people? Well, yeah, I get asked this quite a bit and there is quite a difference. I think people sometimes can get a bit confused about it. Um, Essentially, for me, a mentor is someone that has by necessity been there and done what you're looking to do. Um, So particularly in property, you are looking for a mentor that has been successful investing in property and the types of strategies that you want to do. And can help and guide you and lead you through your own process to, you know, to learn how to do that properly and to mirror a lot of the things that the mentor is doing. Um, and it's generally a one-off. I say one-off. It's, it's, it's probably how we mentor is we're out in the field. We have two intensive days out in the field where you can learn, you know, firsthand what a mentor does. And you can learn to model that behavior, mirror that behavior. Um and use that time to ask relevant questions because you're with somebody who's been there and done it. Mm. Um, and that's not to say you can't have more mentorships, but it is more of an intensive kind of two day, three days kind of with a bit of peripheral, you know, chat either side. But essentially it's an intensive two days. And um, with a coach, um, it tends to be more of an, a longer term type of process. So whilst a coach doesn't necessarily have to have had experience in what you're doing, it probably generally helps. A coach is more about helping you to, you know, to draw out your own answers. Um, But yeah, you know, it's useful for a coach to have worked certainly in the industry that you're in or that you're looking to be coached in. Um, And um, that can tend to be a longer process. So, you know, I often have students that I've mentored maybe a year or so ago that might, you know, hit a block or hit a wall about something and they they want to get back involved and 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 be more coached rather than mentored. So that might be a longer term process where we, you know, we might, you know, a lot of my my students who I coach, you know, um, been with them for a couple of years. Um, just regular touch points where we can work on particular things they're doing, coach them through a project. Um, but it's yeah, it's more about kind of helping them to to get the answers from within, but. Yeah, you know, and being held accountable. A lot of people need that, you know, from a coach is, okay, you said you were going to do this, particularly with me. It's about actions, activity. You know, we agreed that you were going to do 20 viewings this month. How many have you done? Yeah. You know, and if you haven't hit that, why not? Let's look into that and see, you know, where you're prioritizing things. So long-winded way of saying, yes, there is a difference. Um, and, um, you know, we can help people in both both areas. Yeah. All right. So um, how long have you been mentoring students out in the field on the streets of the UK? I've been doing that since 2011. So what's that now? 13, 14 years. 
um, 2010, actually. So, yeah, 13 years I've been out of the field. Um, and it's something I absolutely love doing. Um, yeah, it's great for me. I get to see lots of different parts of the country and I get to see a lot of our strategies that we, you know, that we've done have come from being out in the field mentoring and just seeing what what's going on out there, what people are doing. Um, so I love the intensive aspect of it. It's starting from scratch often with a student who, you know, is maybe a bit nervous about doing it or has a particular block. And in two, three days, you know, you're, you're, you're absolutely overcoming those blocks, smashing through them and, you know, more often than not, getting deals over the line, which is always my target. Yeah, always the goal. Okay, so you basically travel to the, the student's investment area, having done some prep work uh, prior to that. Talk us through, I know every single mentorship is unique and special and bespoke to the individual, but I say a typical uh, first day in the field, let's say. Yeah, um, you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, they, they're all different. You know, I, I, if I look back, all the mentorships I've done, I'm running into the hundreds. Um, yeah, they're all different, but they all, I guess, follow particular patterns or themes. So um, generally speaking, how we'll do it, how we'll run it is we'll have kind of a deep dive session three to four hours prior to actually meet, meeting up in the field. Um, and that we're going to cover, you know, the big questions, the whys, why are you here? Why are we doing this? What are you trying to achieve? Get all that out of the way so that we can hit the ground running hard on, on, on the first day in the field. So we'll, you know, we'll meet up 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning on the first field day with all our prep done, viewings in the diary booked, and, and we'll be, you know, having a quick assessment on that morning, right? Where are we? Have we, have we checked in with our finance people? Um, are we ready to go? Any, any last minute blocks, worries, anything that I need to be aware of? Um, because we're there, to, we're there to take action. We're there to get out and you know and and, and view and, and get going. So that is that is very much what we're looking to do day one. So we'll we'll be out making a first viewing by 9 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. We'll probably have seven or eight viewings lined up for that day with some other stuff in between. You know, and we're straight out there. And I would generally, depending on the level of experience of the student, I might kind of lead that first viewing and show what a professional investor does on a viewing. This, you know, a lot of students think. Or, you know, it's all about, oh, what's the boiler look like? You know, do I need to replace windows or, you know, is there damp in this property? I'm spending more time actually talking to the agents um, mm. because I want to know all about that property. I want, I want to be digging into, you know, who owns it, what, what their issues are, what the problems are. Is, is there a problem to solve here? Is there a deal to be done? Yeah. And what else have they got? You know, as that agent sitting on a bunch of keys to other properties that are not on the market yet. So these are things a lot of our students forget and they focus on the house and they don't think about the big picture. So day one is very much about that. You know, we hit the ground hard. We, you know, I, I get the students up to, up to speed. Yeah. You know, I kind of see it as most people when, the, when they're starting, they're operating at a two, three out of 10 level. They're doing some of the things right, but they're missing loads of stuff. Um, and my job over two days is to get them to nine, 10 out of 10 level of operation. Now, I just want to go back a little because you talked about that intensive deep dive. Why are we doing this? Why are we here? And for some people, they might think, oh, that, I just want to get on. I just want to get on. But how many times have you started on a deep dive with students? They think they know why they're doing it, but the reality is they're why they haven't even tapped into. I can think of a couple of examples off the top of my head that you shared with me once where, you know, it was like, oh, I, 
Um, I, I want to, you know, uh, get my time back or whatever. But actually, when you dug so deep, you realize that what they really wanted was to sell a, the business that they had and actually have a holiday home in Spain and all these other things that came out of the woodwork because you just wouldn't take their first answer for that. Can you think of any other examples of people that maybe think they know why they're investing in property, but actually when you, you really dig, dig deep into their souls, uh, you find other answers? Yeah, I want to speak to mine actually. There was um, a guy that I mentioned him, it was all about the money for him um, initially. That was the initial thing, you know, why are we doing this? Oh, you know, I just I want to earn lots of money. I want to be, want to be rich. Um, and I could see it was all a bit of a front. Um, and um, yeah, so, you know, I thought, yeah, I'm not buying that. You know, that, that's it's very rarely the reason why someone is getting into this. It's very, very rarely the reason. Um, so, we, you know, we, we I kind of left it for a bit and then we dug a bit more and came back to it. And you know, it turned out that, you know, he, he, was, he was really all about help, helping people. And, he, you know, it was all about get, <clears throat> getting time back that he could devote to charity and go and help people. And he actually wanted to go and build schools. Um, and that was really what, what and, he, and he had set this bar, but I've got to have five million pounds in the bank. And I said, why? Why? What do you need five million pounds for? Well, then I can, you know, stop working and stop everything and go and do this. And I was like, well, why can't you just start now? You know, just phone up a charity that, that's involved in the education sector and just get involved now. What's stopping you doing that? And it never, never occurred to him. Never yeah. occurred to him. Yeah, he just set this bar in his mind that he had to have this level of wealth before he could do anything. Now, whilst I agree that you've got to look after yourself before you start going and looking after other people, there's definitely stuff you can do alongside it. Um, yeah. But that was the why. Once we joined that out, we kind of reset, recalibrated all that and set the bar a bit lower, which didn't seem as daunting. You know, yeah. going from scratch to five million is quite a daunting target. Yeah. You know, but freeing up some time to go and spend a couple of hours a week with a charity in the sector that you want to be in is that's a much lower bar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's really a powerful part of having someone that's independent of you with a fresh pair of eyes. They can see through your BS. And they can they can see the way that you're behaving or acting or the language that they're using so that you can unpick actually what's really going on under underneath it. OK, so day one's full on viewings. You might be leading it, showing them how it should be done. Um, lots of stuff in between about uh, the financing and the structuring and the, the filling the funnel with uh, lead generation for deals and lead generation for the cash. Um, what are some of the blocks that you come across with students who, you know, maybe are on viewings or maybe are a little reluctant to speak to agents? What kind of things have you experienced over the years? All, all sorts of things from, from you know, since I'm, I'm fearful of actually just taking the action and just starting, getting out there and viewing houses, worrying about, you know, the, you know, is this house going to fall down, structural issues, um, nervous about talking to agents um nervous about selling themselves as as investors imposter syndrome is a big one yeah um but you know it's it, once you've identified the block then it's about targeting that and working on that a lot of people have a block around money so we have to on day one i put that aside i said like we're not going to talk about money yet <laughs> money's day two don't worry about it because yeah. we have to focus on the action of viewing houses talking to agents building your funnel a lot of students don't appreciate 
the level of activity and the quality of activity that is required. So day one is all about showing them that, you know, level of activity, the amount of viewings, the amount of meetings that we're going to have with agents, the way and then the quality of, you know, the activity, which is how you speak to agents, how you sell yourself as, a, as an investor, a serious investor they should be talking to. Um, how to view a house quickly and assess quickly what needs to be done and what what doesn't. Um, all those kind of things. So day one is all about, you know, activity levels, quality and quantity. And and just for me, I'm just constantly watching and seeing where's the blocks that we're going to be hitting hard, you know, towards the end of day one and certainly on day two. If it's a money issue, that's day two. You know, we're not going to get into that day one. So I don't want that to be the block that stops people viewing houses. Yeah. You know, we've got to get into this mindset of find a deal, work the deal, find the opportunities yeah. with all the skills that we teach you in going out to find money. The money will you have to trust that the money will come. You've got to be out there looking for it. <laughs> but if you're doing that, the money will come. But the money won't come if you don't have a deal to start with. So it's all about that. So day one, deal, 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 deal. Yeah. Overcoming any blocks that you might see with fears around finding deals. The actions, yeah. Fears around taking the action and blocks around taking the actual act action to, to go and view, yeah. That, that's really day one. Okay, so then that night, um, and do you set any homework? Always. Always <laughs> homework. And there's always stuff to do. There's always more. Um, so, yeah, depend, depending on, on where their blocks might be. If I'm working with a couple, one of the key things I want to hit on day one, and we would have touched on this, well, not more than touched on it, we would have talked about this on the, on the deep dive beforehand is we need to make sure everything's aligned. Yeah. So are they aligned? Are their strategies aligned? Are there, is their life plan? Do they have a life plan? And you'd be amazed at how few couples I've worked with actually have a life plan yeah. as in next three years, five years, 20 years, you know, what where are you trying to get to? And you've got to be both on that path. Otherwise there's going to be, you know, friction, conflict potentially down the line um so that's a big part of it you know so if they are not aligned day one's homework is go to a bar or restaurant or something you know sit down talk to each other and map out your life plan and, and create your vision around that if they don't have a vision vision board that's created that's homework day one do that it's essential um even though i've probably said it on the deep dive not everyone would have done it. But by the time we finished day one, they realized how important it is because yeah. if you don't know where you're trying to get to, how do you know which direction to go in? Simple yeah. as that. You know, I say this on day one to everyone I work with is that if anyone's ever resistant to the whole vision idea, and a few people are, is it, you know, um, exactly that. If you don't know, you know, where we're going to go, how, how do we know where to start? You know, anyone could go and buy houses. You know, it's very easy. Let's go out and view some houses, buy some houses. That's easy. Right. But buying particular houses to fit a particular strategy that's working towards a particular goal, that's a different thing. And that's, you know, where we need to be aligned and and be very clear about what we're doing and why yeah. we're doing. It. And I guess 
you know, when I meet students, they're at that very, very early stage where they've just literally decided they want to invest in property, but they've no idea how to do it. And this flailing around that I see, and I use that as not a technical term, flailing, but yeah. just they are just literally flapping and flailing, thinking, I'm just looking at anything that's out there for sale. Um, don't know how to run the numbers, don't really know why they're buying it, and then get frustrated, disillusioned, and then kind of give up or things haven't worked out for them. And, and we see that so often. And so, yeah, yeah it, it sounds, you know, I always, I always sense from a, an audience that whenever you start talking about goals and vision, they're like, oh, God, yeah, I know yeah, that. You get the eye roll, don't you? There yeah. we go again, goals and vision, blah. But yeah, you wouldn't like just jump into a car and just start driving randomly in any direction if you didn't know where you were actually headed to destination wise. All right. So they have to come up with the alignment. Yep. Um, that's not always possible, though, right? Um, we're dealing with human beings and um, while we're teaching them how to create wealth through property, the vehicle, not not um, everyone is um, on the same page with that. So we both know that um, we've, we've worked over the, the years with couples who are not aligned. Um, can you think of any scenarios where they think they're aligned and then actually on the mentorship, they realize they're not and uh, deeper questions and conversations come out of the woodwork that maybe they weren't expecting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always a bit of a tough one. Um, but there's been a few times that that has happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not always a comfortable situation, but yeah, like it happens, you know, I, people are individuals you know you like to think that as a couple you you do know where you're trying to get to and and um you know you're both on the same page with that and working towards it but yeah it does happen um i mean you know there's a couple of a couple of ones that, that particularly spring to mind i've got to be a little careful here uh, i don't want to be giving out any names or anything but um yeah there was a couple that i worked with um a few years back and um the female half of the couple um you know, it was real go-getter. You could see that, you know, it's a real drive in everything. Um, and, um, you know, her husband at the time was um, a little bit resistant. Mm. I could just sense, like, literally from minute one, day one, resistance. Um, and whilst he was saying the right things, his actions were not supporting that. Mm. They were almost the opposite of that. Um, and, um, you know, so we, we disagreeings and, you know, I... I was just observing and, 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 you know, talking to both of them. And I was really struggling with the, with the, um, the husband to, to, to get to his why he just was giving me nothing, mm. giving me absolutely nothing. While I was talking to, to the, the wife, she was, um, very clear, you know, vision was there, goals were there, um, exactly why, why she was there and what she was trying to do. And I couldn't get it, couldn't get it from the husband. So, you know, that was a major red flag to me that he couldn't communicate what he was trying to do or why he was even there. Um, and he had been given certain tasks to do with it, you know, within the, the business that, you know, he just wasn't doing and got found out kind of literally on the mentorship. Mm. Um, so it was a bit awkward, but, you know, when we got to the second day, he wasn't there. You know, I turned up in the morning and um, wasn't, wasn't there. And, um, but the rest of that that second day was great. So I was just I was working with 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 the wife, and she was brilliant. You know, totally. I know she listened to this podcast, so 
I am, I think she'll know who she is who I'm talking about, but she was totally on it. And, um, you know, we had a great, great day and we got deals over the line. Um, and since then she's gone on to, to do amazing things. They did unfortunately separate and, um, but she's since gone on to, to create an amazing business. And, um, you know, she's, you know, asking me at the moment to, you know, to, to come and be a, um, a mentor for us. So, and she's probably now hitting that level. So it's, it, I'm really, really proud of what she's achieved. And, uh, it was whilst it was awkward at the time, you know, mm. she made a decision and um, she realized that the, the alignment wasn't there and this was a, a deal breaker. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but she's gone on to fly, absolutely fly. She's doing really well. I remember there was a story you told me once about um, the discovery of spending habits as well on a mentorship, whereby you were sitting with a, a married couple and, um, you know, one again was I think actually in this scenario it was the husband was very very clear on what he wanted out of investing in property and looking at the income the expenditure and everything else and uh, it, it came out of the woodwork that actually she just loved spending money on on all sorts of uh, beauty products shopping shoes handbags and wasn't willing to give that up even if it meant it slowed them down love that yeah, and, and you know, she's very honest about it, and so that was part of her her vision that 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 was a non-negotiable. So it's almost like on that one, they had to kind of work out. Well, look, this is a non-negotiable, so we've got to get there, um, and accept that you know, as, as long as both of them were happy to to work on that basis, that you know, she she had this, what do you call it, a, a need, but you know, that was her lifestyle choice that she wanted to have. That was the lifestyle aspiration that she wanted. So, as I said, it was a non-negotiable and uh, they had to raise their level, really, <laughs> rather than cut back. It was about raising the level. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of lots and lots of stories. And, you know, there was another one that springs to mind that um, there was a couple that, um, you know, got to the point of making an offer. You know, they were a bit hesitant. And, you know, we would be like properties and everyone was like, they were totally, you know, um, all over it, I would say they were focused and, and the husband was really seemed really motivated and and um, saying all the right things, taking all the right actions. And then it literally got to the crunch of, right, we're now we're, we've been through the numbers twice on this deal. It's a good opportunity. Right. Let's put the offer in. Pick up the phone. Go. Let's go. He, he literally couldn't do it. He could not physically pick up the phone and make the call. And kind of me and his other half were just looking at the game. What? Don't get it. What's happening? Um, and he just froze, completely froze. And it was just the fear of, it was all kind of a bit of a game until it's like, now we're doing it. This is real now. Mm. And um, it was a bit of an odd moment. So, you know, I, you know, we kind of tried to understand it, get it out. And, and they started having a bit of a, a bit of a go, you know, and um, and I had to say, look, I think I just need to pause for a minute, for a minute and let you have a chat for 20 minutes. I'm going to go and walk around the block and I'll come back and um, and then we move on. Yes. And they were like, OK, fine. So I did. And I went off and I walked around the block and gave them 20 minutes to, to have a chat. And, you know, came back and the kind of the, the demeanor had all changed. And, and, and it was the wife that took over and she's the one that made the call, put the offers in. And, and they realized that the roles had kind of shifted in that particular partnership in that whilst he talked a good, good, good game about being the one that wanted to do everything actually he was the analyst in the background 
and she was the driver and she was the one that was actually going to going to make it happen and yeah. he was going to take more of a supporting role and it was great you know they picked up the frame they made the offer and they got that deal and um you know it, it was just an interesting way of discovering the relative roles in a in a relationship it kind of came to a point on the, on that in that moment it was a it was an interesting one for sure <laughs> so there's there. marriage counseling that goes on but you know this is a bit of that yeah sometimes um i kind of also <laughs> I, I also gauge a bit of the why on how quickly somebody might get tearful because that does happen quite a lot yeah lots of tears lots of tears often because it's a big thing it's not a lot of people think oh yeah we're going to mention we're just going to go buy some houses like it's not it's not as simple as that you know um we're here for a reason and the reason is normally something that really means something yeah. and if it doesn't really mean something then mm, i'm not sure you're going to make it you know um because it's got to really it's got to really mean something it's hard yeah. um it's worth it but you know it, it's hard i think people under, underestimate that sometimes so yeah the record holder is actually one of our team i won't mention her because i know she listened to this podcast as well uh she was about 35 seconds i think from you know started talking about the why to getting a bit tearful um, but that showed me it's like um you know she really really means it she really cares and it's important and they've gone on to do amazing things yeah yeah i know you don't really set out your you know on a menship to see how fast someone cries but no, I, do, I do record it that's <laughs> only because she's one of our team now that we talk about it but um oh. but yeah no it is um it, it, for me it just is a measure of how how much you care not everyone's going to cry obviously but um but somebody do get emotional yeah it's, you know i need to see a bit of emotion now i think yeah. Okay. So day two, you're definitely putting in the offers. Your more viewings, follow ups. Maybe um, what other things could be going on on that on that second day? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, what I say to everyone, you know, that I work with is, look, you know, at the moment your phone isn't ringing, right? We need to get your phone ringing. That's yeah. a measure of how active you are, how successful you're going to be in property. If your phone isn't ringing with agents or follow ups or property calls going on, then you're not doing enough. So that's always the aim from day one. It's like, you know, we will now want to be getting that phone ringing. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be analysing deals from, from day one. Other homework, by the way, would have been, you know, working on your numbers for, for properties that we looked at. I would then run through those numbers on the morning of day two, make sure that, that um, our students are doing the calculations correctly. They're not making any mistakes. And it's always, you know, they come with their laptops in their spreadsheets and I politely close the laptop down tell them to get their phone out and a piece of paper and a pen and a calculator and we're going to do it, do it the old school way yeah. because that's how you learn you know you, you know you have to be able to to know how to run the numbers with a calculator so anyone that's you know worried a bit maths it's really you know you have got a calculator you not have to do <laughs> calculations in your head um but yeah you know i do want to see that so we do do that we run through everything manually we make sure they're you know they understand the process and um so day two is Lots of that, more viewings, um, following up from the viewings the day before, but giving feedback. Um, we might, you know, we'll definitely be talking about money, yeah, because we want to get to the point of putting offers in, and then the question is, okay, how are we how are we going to fund this? So yeah, definitely money conversations will happen, and um, yeah, but certainly by the afternoon on day two, we're we're going to be putting offers in on stuff that we've seen and analysed. Um, we will also maybe be making angel phone calls or, you know, working on an angel finance document. Yeah. Um, I've got another story about that, if I can tell that one. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was, I was working with a, a, a lovely young couple again. 
Um, and they were great at so many things, but one of the things they had massive fear about was money. They didn't have they didn't have um, cash, and they were nervous about putting offers in without having that. But we worked through that, um, and they did get offers in. And then on day two, we, you know, we did confront the money issue because it was a big block for them. And uh, I remember we were sitting in a in a hotel lobby, and um, I said, "Right, have you got?" you know, your angel finance document, the one you're going to use. And they presented this like massive, you know, it was on PDF, but you know, a massive document, like 20 odd pages. Um, I was like, right, okay, you see, see. so you're both analysts really, aren't you? And it was all, you know, lots of background fluff on, you know, the market and this, that, the other 20 pages of that. I said, look, what we need is a one pager really, or two page max initially, where you have got to sell the idea of people investing in you private money and so we spent an hour or so just rewriting a page one just getting a really solid page one and but their big fear was about actually speaking to people about it and um, so once we finished that that one pager executive summary of just what it was about what they were doing you know you know introduced to the concept of speaking to people about money and and what and how they would use it how they would repay it very really simple stuff and then what I did was get them to go and present it to people in the lobby and their faces drained of all colour. And they were just like, what now? I was like, yeah, why not? You know, we're sitting in the lobby and we looked around and there was a load of people looking really bored, business people waiting for meetings to start or just killing time. And I said, look, these people are bored mainly. You know, why don't you go and split up, take your document, and go and talk to as many people as you can and ask for help. I said, yeah, good thing is, you know, can you help me? Can you maybe just read something for me and see what you think? As soon as you took away that pressure of, you know, you, you, you have to go and pitch to someone. It was like, yeah. all you're doing, you're going and you're just talking to people and you're just asking for help, get them to read it, get to ask you some questions about it. And they were like, okay. And they went off. I thought, honestly, they'd be back in about 20 minutes. They were gone for an hour and a half. It was great. And they came back absolutely buzzing. And it had just, that one thing had just completely transformed the way that they thought about money because everyone they, they, they spoke to was like really interested, asking loads of questions, what they were doing, how they were doing it. Um, and they came back absolutely buzzing for that. And I think they went on to raise like a million pounds in the next six or eight months or so from angels. Yeah. I was quite proud of that one. Quite like that one. That's a great I one. Often, as a mentor, you know, you have to, when you see a block, you know, you're, you're under pressure. I always feel under pressure on mentorship. It's like, I've got, I've got two days to get over this block. You can identify it pretty quickly. But it's like, how am I going to get over this block and help help these students to, you know, to really change everything? Because sometimes just getting rid of that one block can, can change everything. And it did for those guys and it has for, you know, for lots of others. So, you know, I always kind of have a few little tools in my, in my toolkit, but sometimes you just got to come up with something on the, you know, on the fly. I hope it works. Nice. So then after those two days, you obviously still continue to uh, support um, people through their trans uh, transactions. And if they have a bit of a wobble, which is always expected. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah always expected uh, a little wobble during conveyancing and the legals or, or a, a member of the family tries says one thing that, you know, puts a little... Yeah, it's like, I, think it's like, I always feel that that's a bit like the game of, of Jenga. You know, you yeah. can build this tower and then, you know, a family member come and go, oh, you sure about that? Have you thought about this? And like, 
and everything collapses and they have a massive wobble. So yeah, it's about kind of resetting, going back over, right, okay, let's go back through the numbers. It's always back to the numbers. Yeah. What do the numbers tell you? Go back to your vision. What's your vision? To, what, what, why are we doing this? Yeah, okay. So just reconnect what we're doing now with what the vision is. Yeah. Check over the numbers, go, right, okay, you know, it's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a bit of, uh, yeah, so that, so that often, that's often on the follow-up. So we do, on the form, formally anyway, we, we have like a series of follow-up sessions that can can sweep up those kind of those kind of problems um and uh, but informally like, i'm in touch with a lot of my mentees from years and years ago you yeah. know a, a lot of them actually are now mentors for property wealth system which is you know makes you very proud and you know they, they'll you know come through and really done amazing things so it's great it's great um to see that but um yeah a, a lot of students I'm, I'm in touch with from years years ago inform on an informal basis they'll check in every now and again I got a text actually from one um, about two hours ago. So there we go. just checking yeah. in on a, on a piece of land that they're looking at buying. So, yeah. So I think there's a burning question because there's a lot of cynics out there. If you mm. were so good at investing in property, mm. why do you help so many people do it themselves? Want Love to that question. About why you, because look, that, that answer will be different for anyone who does this, but for you personally, why the hell do you do it? First of all, I love it. And someone helped me. They helped us, didn't they? You know, we, we had a mentor helped us. Um, we had our rich dad, um, who I think you've interviewed a few weeks ago, um, months back. But yeah, you know, it's, I like getting that question, but it is always a, um, it's a real cynical question. Um, sorry. It's a real cynical question that... Um, I get quite a bit, and I'm sure you get quite a bit in yeah. your bit. But um, yeah, for me, look, genuinely, I love it. I love mentoring people. Um, when when we got mentored, I looked at at what I mentored did, and I thought I, I would like to be able to do that for other people. Yeah. Um, you can't do it for other people unless you've been there and done it yourself. So that was, you know, that was on our was on our dream board, you know, on our vision board. That um, that that's what I wanted to be able to do when you really dig into it with people most people anyway you find that in some way they want to help other people yeah right and if you look at why you know why has bill gates set up a foundation and why is he you know he, he's given up all the he doesn't run microsoft anymore he hasn't done for years you know he runs a foundation a charitable foundation why because he wants to help people you know so you could ask bill gates why do you do that you've got so much money you can do what you like why are you doing this because he wants to yeah. You know, I'm not comparing myself to Bill Gates, obviously, but yeah, I genuinely love it. I like to help people. I like to see the the moment when they get it. Yeah. When they when the when the penny drops, the light bulb goes off, and they totally get it, and you see, yeah, I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to be successful. Um, yeah. and, and that's you know that's uh, that's a great moment, you know, when that happens, and particularly when I see students of mine who I've mentored go on to be mentors themselves and see that same. You know that same spark. Uh, you know, it's um, I, I love that. I love seeing that. Brilliant, brilliant. So, um, tell me a deal that's one of the biggest deals you've done um, on a mentorship for a for a student. This is biggest it. deal was in um, London. So um, it was a, a guy I was working with that wanted to do big deal. Um, he'd done a few smaller things, so he was in a place where he could do it. Not everyone, yeah. You know, some people want to go too big too soon but he'd, he'd done some he, had, he bought some property made some money buying and selling and he wanted to do something bigger 
Um, so we found a um, a block of flats in Wimbledon, high value area for those that don't know it. I'm not sure everyone's heard of Wimbledon, but it's a very high value area of London. And um, flats at that time were selling around about 750,000. But I mean, they're probably double that now. This is going back maybe six or seven years. Um, but um, but yeah, they, we, we found a block where they were selling um, two flats. A guy owned two of them and knew the other people that owned the other two. And um, so it was quite a complex deal that involved, essentially the plan was to, to attain, to get hold of all the flats on an option and then turn that block into a big family house because mm -hmm. that was where the demand was in, in women at the time. So whilst the value of the flats was about 3 million as four flats, it was a block of floor, in, in it, which was a converted house originally. So it was, it was originally a big house, split into flats, and we were looking to turn it back into a big house because the value of big houses in that area was, was, was you know, about 6 million pounds. Yeah. So the value was there in the fact that there were so few big houses in, in Wimbledon that people were willing to pay massively over the odds to get them, um, whilst there was a lot of flats. So the flats, flat prices were cheaper, big house prices were much more expensive. So that was that, that was the plan. So we had two, because we, we had a guy that was willing to sell two, and then we got intro to the other, the other two who were prepared to look at options because we were going to cut them in on, on the profits as well. Um, so whilst we couldn't obviously complete that kind of scale of deal on in two days, um, we did get everything done, strategy in place and option agreements um, on the table there. And um, yeah, and so that was a deal that potentially, you know, three million to buy, about a million or so to do the to do it. Plus, you know, option fees and a bit of bonus and all that. Kind of it's about a million, million and a half in profit in there in one deal. Not so a bad return on investment there. That was a decent one for a two, three-day mentorship. But, I mean, we're currently doing mentorships on commercial stuff now. So, you know, there will be bigger deals coming up down the line, I think, yeah. um, as we do more commercial stuff. I just want to talk about a little um, a little thing that, that, that pops up now and again that um, I think it's really important to address. And I've met a few students over the years who say, oh, yes, 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 I'm working with a mentor. We're JVing. You want to just talk a little bit about your thoughts on mentors JVing with their mentees? I don't like it. I um, I, th I think a mentor should be completely independent. I think yeah. it's, am I going to say, yeah. I, I think there's a power imbalance there yeah. that is inappropriate. Yeah. Um, because, you know, a mentor shouldn't be leveraging off their mentees to find deals. <laughs> I don't think, you know, you're there to teach. You're there to teach and given the, you know, the, the benefit of your experience. Now, some students will say, oh, can, you know, they'll come to me and say, can, can you JV with me to mentor me through this process? I was like, I'll mentor you through it. I'm not JVing, JVing with you because that's, I think, an abuse of power. Yeah. Um, because I'm much more experienced than you. And I, you know, I could, you know, and, and you know, so it's like a teacher-student relationship it's just inappropriate i think so um it's too much opportunity for you know for a mentor to knowingly or even unknowingly you know influence that in their favor yeah um the mentee's vulnerable there and i i just think it's it, it needs to be kept much cleaner than that yeah so okay. certainly it's not something i would ever countenance and any of our mentors for property wealth system would never jb with students 
because yeah. you need to keep that line clean, I think. Yeah, I can think of the example as a chap who I met and he was a sourcing agent mm-hmm. and he said, oh, I've got a mentor. Um, I, uh, I source deals to him. And I, I, when I looked at this guy's uh, personal circumstances and everything else, um, the bottom line was, I was like, why are you not buying these properties yourself? He totally was capable of buying these properties himself. He had a clean credit profile. He could raise the money. I could teach him how to raise the money. And I ha- I could see no reason why he was being advised to set up a sourcing business. And it was purely so that this poor chap could basically be a sourcing agent to this mentor. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought that that was really important for us to, to put out there that while you know, you are learning and setting your business up. We wouldn't get involved in business with you. However, there's always exceptions to the rule. And that is once you have got your business set up and you, we, you know, we believe you to be of, you know, similar education level to us, then yeah, we would absolutely be open to, you know, angel finance and the likes that um, we've had done in, in the past and people know and trust us because of the level of experience we have and so that works out to be um, a win-win but yeah I just wanted to be very clear that lots of people say to me will you invest in me Caroline and I'll give you a cut of the first deal that I do and things like that and we just are very very clear like you say keeping it clean and uh, frankly ethical because like you say it could you know people could have advantage taken of them. Yeah, I, I, if I was a student and I had a mentor that was kind of influencing me to do a JV with them, I, that would be a major red flag to me. Yeah. Like, why, why are you doing that? You know, what, what, you know, a, a mentor should be someone that's above your level. Yeah. Um, otherwise, why they why they mentor in the first place? You know, um, I wouldn't look to be mentored by somebody that was below me in the pecking order or a property investors, if you know what I mean. So um, I'd always be looking for someone that's a level above me to bring me to their level. That's what I'm looking yeah. for. In a um, so it, it, it would be a major red flag, I think, yeah. for me. And I think, so, for, you know, students listening to this is, you know, do be aware of that. Unfortunately, property industry is one that does attract some people that are there to take advantage. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately, it does happen. So I would just say be very careful about your choice of mentor. Check them out. Make sure that they've done what they say they've done. Yeah. And look out for those red flags and, and run a mile. Is my yeah. Go and find somebody that has, you know, is ethical and that says, look, you know, no, <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to JP with you. When you're experiencing, you've, you've hit these levels, then yeah, cool, we can talk. But certainly for now, no, we're here to teach. It's funny, I had a student who actually invests in the same area as us and uh, they were going for uh, uh, the same deal as us, but they were like, oh, I'm, I feel really bad going for it. It's not going to affect our relationship. I said, absolutely not. You've got to put in the number that's right for you and I'll put the number in that's right for us and it doesn't matter you know, who gets it. That's what business is. And then they felt so bad about it. It was like, oh, well, if I get it, I've got this other deal over here and you can have that. I said, no, I'll be saying to you, you're doing that one as well. You know, you do both. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's like absolutely. This is how life works, and you know we're here to help, support, push as much as possible. Um, and you know yeah. we're always looking for mentors for ourselves. Every single year, we put a budget aside in our business for personal development, be it in property or be it in business or be it in social media or whatever it is that we think that we need help with. You know, we will 
we see the value in people helping um, who are in a position that you want to be in. And uh, it really has grown and accelerated our business over the years. Yeah, I mean, also, just on, on that thought as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing I'll also say is we're always willing to pay for our mentor. And I think, you know, I think that's that's an important aspect of it. You know, I've been asked before, well, why, why you know, if you, if you want to help people, why are you charging for it? And I think, well, because I've earned that right. I think, and and also, if you give someone something for nothing, how much are they going to value it? Correct. Um, you know, I've been burned with that in the past with offering free, you know, when I was starting out as a mentor, you know, bit of free advice here and there, and you know, it's never um, it's never valued. I don't think. But if yeah. someone pays, they're invested. Yeah. Yeah, and when they're invested, they're much more likely to do something about it. And quite frankly, you know, my time is valuable, I, you know, and yes, I do love doing it, but, you know, I'm, I'm not doing it for nothing. I think that's that wouldn't be right. It doesn't work. Um, so, yeah, you know, for, for those listening to this is, you know, find a mentor that's been there, done, done what you want to do and, and pay them. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, uh, let's wrap up there. I think there's been lots of uh, interesting lessons there. So basically, you cause people to split up, uh, buy properties. <laughs> Many buy properties. <laughs> Many yeah. buy properties. And, um, but yeah, it's about more than just buying property. That's what I wanted to get across is, you know, mentorship is a really powerful tool, a really powerful process. But it is more than about going out and buying some houses. Anyone could go and buy a house. But creating a vision and working towards that vision and buying the right type of property along the right kind of strategy that that's the hard bit and that's what a mentor will help you to do brilliant it's been great catching up see you soon see you soon well i hope you enjoyed that and i think it demonstrates very clearly that every single mentorship and property experience is unique and bespoke to the individual and what they want to achieve. Property is not one size fits all and so choosing the correct goal and vision that's right for your uh, outlook in life is really really important for you to then choose the right path and strategy to then put those actions that are consistent in place. If you want to know more about what we do at Property Well System, by all means, join our Facebook group. And we are excited to be launching a number of networking events all up and down the country. So check them out in our Facebook community page, which is Property Well System Community. And I look forward to bringing you more great content again soon. Have a great week. Bye.